been a hell of a day. Here we go. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, thanks for listening, though. Um, on Zcast, we appreciate it. Uh, feel free to talk to us. Um, we're going to be kind of just going over some of the UFC news. Actually, a lot this week. There's been um, a ton of news this week. I I sheepishly missed the well missed it live the card yesterday. Um, I was watching. I thought that it was on Fight Pass, and I went and watched. Um, straight out of Compton and got it from Best Buy and then came back and watched it. So you chose to purchase it? I did. It's right here. What, may I ask why why you chose to purchase it? I purchased. I, I don't even remember the last time I purchased the DVD. I didn't purchase the DVD. I purchased the Blu-ray. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> That's how well I know you. And actually, you can bring it back and say, yes, you did. Well, yes, yeah. and the digital HD version, which you will never probably use. Well, they always come with that. Well, yeah, I understand. And they probably will, especially with everything going to 4K now. So they actually probably almost always will from here on. Yeah, out. because it'll be the best version of itself. Well, and yeah, yeah. But um, so, so I did. I, I always buy movies. I, that's weird to me. I've never been a movie purchasing guy. I always buy them. Always, always, always. I love them. I mean, I have no problem like streaming them or, or watching them, you know, and and paying for them. But the physical copy. I just, I usually don't watch a movie more than once or twice. I watch them a lot. Yeah. But I've also bought a ton of movies that I've never watched. So Yeah, that's a little odd. So back to uh, the fight card last night. So you watched Straight Outta Compton instead. Which highlights did you watch today? Let's start there. I pretty much watched the whole thing. Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty savvy on it. I've, I've been pretty much spending all morning watching different UFC clips or previous fights and things like that. Just a normal Sunday, all let's, I can do. Then let's start with the most exciting fight and then get into it where people are, are super interested in hearing what we have to say, like always. <laughs> um, Johnny Hendricks versus Stephen Thompson. Um, that... You did watch I mean, that entire fight. It yeah, only yeah. lasted. <laughs> well, it was pretty much like you said, and I didn't see it panning out the same way as last week. Um, essentially trying to go for takedowns, not getting it, and then getting finished, you know? He looked good. He looked Connor loose. And it seems like we're finding like that new, because we've always talked about, you're going to see the new fighters that they can go up to the, they can go up, they can go down, like they can take the fight anywhere and it's mm-hmm. going to be exciting. And yeah, but also there's just a different evolution of how striking's happening right now. It seems like he looked fluid. Yeah, no, he looked, and he always had, um, rewatched the Mike Brown fight, which is, um, Stephen Thompson's only loss, Matt Brown. Mm-hmm. So he looked really good in that fight as well. The difference was Matt Brown kept taking the punches and being fine, um, kind of ducking away from them. And then he would he ended up the, the first, I believe, and the third round on top. Um, bloodied up Thompson. Striking definitely went to Thompson. Um, ground and pound went to Matt Brown. And Matt Brown ended the fight in a, in a, in a really terrible-looking crucifix that, that Thompson couldn't get out of. And so um, I thought it was going to go very similar, and then it went the exact opposite. Because, well, I mean – Johnny kind of has like a, it, it's pretty much Roy Nelson. It's that overhand right kind of mm-hmm. power shot, you know. The duck down, swing yeah. over. I mean, he's got more, I think, to his game than that. Uh, no, uh, did you see? I was watching a, a breakdown of it, and there's actually one fight where he la- la- he lands an overhand right where he swings a jab. The guy goes to block it. He swings with his left knocks the hand away, the defending hand away, and comes over with the overhand Johnny right. Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, and that's what I think. I think he has more to his game than than, uh, than the other. But, I mean, that's kind of the dimensions that we're talking about as far as the kind of striking we're looking at, right? And so he had a perfect game plan for it. That uh, The karate kick that's the – it's also kind of like a taekwondo kick where it's off your back foot that just kept him at distance. Mm-hmm. Like that thing 
that thing was solid. That that straight kick to his midsection, you could tell he did not like that. No. Every time he did that straight kick right to his midsection, Johnny Hendricks was not happy that he was getting kicked right in the liver. It was that, but that kick was almost like a jab, though. I mean, yeah. You can't throw it as often, but it kept him a distance. But I would say it's much stronger than the jab. Oh, yeah. I understand it is like a jab, which it's it's pacing and it's keeping distance, and it's you're definitely making sure you know exactly how far that person is. But I mean so much harder well, and you're protected that. from the overhand right too. Yep. you're not getting knocked out by that um, well and it's it's so extended as well that you can't grab the leg and swing the overhand so if you look at 135ers if you throw a, a kick a straight kick usually a side kick they're going to grab your leg with the left especially and they're going to come overhand with the right and because it's a front kick that he extends they can't get close to him so it's it it was a beautiful it was a beautiful fight the it, he did he did very, I, and, People were talking about like now now that Hendricks is off the juice and stuff like that, which I really thought was unfair. Um, he was chubby. He wasn't yeah ripped. Yeah, we're not talking. I thought he looked great. We're not talking Yoel Romero with like traps up to his ears. We're talking like he came in looking a little pudgy, almost like Shogun Hua, where Shogun just comes in looking a little pudgy. Well, that's the thing is like he looked more like he was on the juice in this fight. Like he was, he was, he looked a lot healthier, you know? He did. Um, and that's, that's Dolce, you know, that's, that's what he does. And but, I, I just think it's the wrong game plan. He maybe spent too much time getting his weight under control. I think he's, he's in a healthier place now. And I don't think this is a bad, I, it's a setback for him, but I don't think he's in a bad place going forward. I think he was in a good place mentally for the first time in a long time. And I think what happened was, is he underestimated um, Thompson's takedown defense. He only he had one shot to take him down. Got him against the fence twice, but had one really good t- good shot to take him down. Mm-hmm. Thompson got right back up, and mm-hmm. I think when that happened, he couldn't really close the distance again. There was one other time Thompson got pushed against the cage, and he rolled out of it, and that was it. I mean, he couldn't get him close enough the rest of the time, and that's I mean that's kind of what we figured with you know what would, what Rumble would have to do with Ryan Bader, but it didn't go that way, and the fact that. That Stephen Thompson got up, and even in the Matt Brown fight, he showed great scrambling skills on the on the ground out of the highlights that we watched. But what happened is he just got tired, and then he got in that crucifixion. He couldn't do anything about it. And so, um, next conversation is: Do you believe that he deserves a, a title shot over Woodley and over all of these other guys? No, I would actually like to see. Um, I would actually, yeah, we actually. Sorry, we have somebody in Vcast. Uh, Hendricks focused too much. Hey, Eddie, what's going on? And not enough on training. Legit, just watched the fight this morning on a replay. Me too, Eddie. Um, I that's what I was thinking. Is I actually think he's in a healthy place going forward um, with that weight cut, and that now going forward he'll be able to focus more on training now that he's healthier in in his eating habits, mixing it up with Dolce. Um, but the addressing the who you were going to say something. The 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 next title shot. So that division is probably the deepest right now in the UFC. No. 155 is. Yeah, 155. Sorry. Um, so you've got, there's big talks. You got um, obviously Robbie Lawler, the champion, um, Stephen Thompson, Johnny Hendricks, Woodley. I would like to see, to answer your question, I would like to see Woodley versus um, Lawler. And then I would like to see Condit versus Thompson. I think that'd be a fun fight. Condit versus Thompson, I think, would be, I mean, more just from a fan standpoint. Yeah. I, not so much like who deserves it or whatnot. I just think it would be a fun fight to watch. Condit is. He's been working. I don't know if you heard this, but he has his own movement coach. Um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but uh, I heard his interview on what was it, Ariel Hawani that he talks about it. Was it? Oh, I was listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah, experience. Um, but uh, 
And so he's going over a lot of the movement stuff as well. Um, and uh, kind of just getting that. They, he shows the same movement guy as Conor McGregor, doesn't no, he? No. Oh, no, he doesn't? No. Okay. Um, well, he, thank you for knowing that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the guy, I believe, is of a Hispanic nature. And I believe Conor's is Portuguese. Aaron Lede, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. No, you are Erwin LeCore. Yeah, you are 100% right on that. Yeah, Eddie. that's correct, Eddie. Thank and then, Eddie just told us. He sent it to us. We're going to start using him as our fact checker. Yeah. He also has his own <laughs> podcast. Eddie, what's your podcast again? Um, shoot it to us, and we'll, we'll plug it on for you for being on and listening to us and sending us all the information. But, yeah, uh, Crossbones MMA. Eddie's awesome. We always have conversations with him on, on Twitter. Um, Elaw31 on Twitter. He's a, he's a good dude. Um, very knowledgeable, probably more knowledgeable than we are. So Crossbones <laughs> MMA, he's definitely fact-checking us and helping us out right now. So check him out as well. Um, but yeah. the uh, Connor one is Ido, Ido Portal. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, Erwin was, was very interesting. Um, I actually didn't really like the interview, but he, I think it's going to be good for Connor. But I, just like I said, overall, from that standpoint, that's a fun fight. Yeah. And yeah. then I think we get the Tyrone Woodley um Robbie Lawler discussion, like figured out one way or another, and then Thompson. I think Thompson needs one more fight. And I agree. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, I think what happens is the UFC takes the the momentum that Thompson has going in. They realize that he's a striker and Robbie Lawler's a brawler. And Tyrone Woodley, most likely, even though he's good with his hands, he's not as technical as either. So he would have to. What I would think depend on his wrestling. Um, digressing from that, obviously Hendricks is a top-notch wrestler, and he didn't wrestle with Robbie Lawler, which is interesting. Um, but I think Thompson jumps straight to the top of the pack, and because it's a it's a striker on striker brawl, Condit just left or just lost, even though Condit probably shouldn't have lost. There's a lot of people that say he won that decision. I think Thompson jumps straight to the top and gets the title fight because I think it sells. And I think it's a striking match with Robbie Lawler that I think a lot of people are going to be. Apart from the diehard, though, there are very many people that know about uh, Thompson. I mean, I know that he's like, because there's a lot of Thompsons that he can get confused with. And I know that because I confuse him with a lot of Thompsons a lot of the time, you know. Um, but, I mean, uh, one, the other, the other fight that I want Thompson to, that I want to see Thompson in is Damian Maya. I would say maybe have Condit or Woodley face um, Robbie Lawler. Um, maybe that's what I would I want to see. Um, Rory versus uh, I don't even know who. God, that, that division yeah, right so now, good, man. man, it's so good. Everyone wants to see they. From what I the conversation I had on Twitter this morning, a lot of people see Rory being the only one that can actually beat him. Robbie, or no, Thompson? sorry, Rory McDonald. Is the only one that can beat Thompson. I think Maya comes in with a game plan. Well, Maya's a, a whole different story because he's he's a BJJ guy. The rest of those dudes are wrestlers or strikers. He's the only, I mean, Condit with his Muay Thai. I mean, Maya's the only one. And I hate to tell you, they're not going to put Robbie Lawler against Damian Maya before. No, no, I don't want that. Condit. I want Damian Maya versus Thompson. I want that test for him before he goes up and put and for the title. Okay, fight. that's you though. What's the money? What is the UFC? Where do they make their money? Obviously, people want to see him get challenged, but um, but the thing is, is is though we might want to see it, it's just like when we're talking about Conor McGregor, we wanted to see him fight. Um, we wanted to see him fight Frankie Edgar, or we wanted yeah, to see man, him I'm fight so Mendez and fight a wrestler. 
to see how his wrestling skills really were. Mm -hmm. And the UFC obviously doesn't really want that. So, I mean, it is what it is. And the, the UFC doesn't, the UFC doesn't want to see somebody that they can make money on lose to a wrestler or a BJJ guy. They don't. They'd much rather have the, the money fight right off the bat. And then once whoever loses can then fight the BJJ guy. I know that's guy. kind of what they want, but you can't just always do that. And they know that they're smart business wise. They can't, everybody can't fight for the title. It's a striker. And pretty much everybody in that division is a striker. They have a wrestling background. Yeah. But everybody up until Damian Maya is known for striking. Mm -hmm. Well, and Damian Maya, the only thing that he's lost is being knocked out by everyone in the top three in that division. I mean, Johnny Hendricks, Nate Marquardt, uh, there are several people that know. Who is the one that has the highlight? Was that Johnny Hendricks that has the highlight right hand within like the first 45 seconds that just dropped Damian Maya? I've got his, oh no, this is the UFC. But yeah, no, there's one that someone just dropped Damian Maya within the first like 35 seconds. And the fact is, is I, I think back to I'm jaded because I think back to the Damian Maya at Anderson Silva fight where he just laid on his back and wouldn't actually strike with Anderson Silva. Like, I'm, he just irritates me as a fighter. He's great. I think he's an awesome person. I think him being, you know, part of the secret police down in, in Brazil is absolutely amazing. Nate Marquardt. It was Nate Marquardt that knocked him out, right? In yeah. 21 seconds. And, yeah. And that so was, that was um, a long time ago. That was seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, I remember watching that live. And it, I mean, and it is what it is. And that's when Mark Marquardt was at his prime. And the, uh, USADA was not in existence in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. But it's right now, there is so many fights to make at 170 that they are... I'm really not upset with any like anybody in the top eight fighting anybody in the top eight. I yeah. would, like all the way up to the title. I would not be upset if I saw Thompson versus Robbie Lawler. Yeah. It's a good question to have answered. I, I kind of want Robbie Lawler to fight somebody that, like, I would love to see him fight Damian Mine because I'm sick of seeing him getting, like, brutal wars where he needs plastic surgery yeah. every time after. Where his lips busted. He's got a Chelsea grin. I mean, they're great fights, though. I mean, they're, they this is this run is unprecedented in the UFC. Like, the kind of wars that he's having, um, it's maybe the most exciting time for maybe one fighter as far as, like, the importance of the fight and, like, everyone – is so much fun to watch. Like, yeah. when's, what fight would you, which card would you not buy if like Robbie Lawler was fighting somebody like who? Damian Maya. You wouldn't buy that. You wouldn't buy that. I, I wouldn't would, buy that. I would buy it no matter what. But that's the one out of all of these fights within the top. I'd watch him fight Matt Brown. I'd watch him fight Johnny Hendricks again. I'd watch him fight Tyrone Woodley. I'd watch him fight uh, Thompson. You know, those ones. Damian Maya is the only one that doesn't make me salivate. That doesn't make me like, oh man, I really want this fight. Because it's, it happens in one of two ways. He gets, Damian Maia gets knocked out in the first round, or he rides his wrestling and his, and his jiu-jitsu to a, to a decision. And that, that's not something that excites me. That's not something that excites casual UFC fans. And obviously, the people taking the time to listen to this podcast, you and I, we could sit through that fight and we could appreciate the technique to a point, obviously, we've rolled a couple times, but the, the, the full-on technique is still above us. But we could appreciate it as, as fans. And, and going back seven years and remembering Nate Marquardt knocking out, you know, Damian Maia and Damian Maia being good enough and beating everybody and fighting Anderson Silva at 185, like, we remember that. And so we, we want to see that. So it is one of those things that if they're not going to give. If, if that's really what they want to sell, then they just should cut Maia from the roster. He's too much money. Like, he can go get more money at Bellator probably for sponsorships and stuff like that. 
and if they're not going to give him those fights because that's part of MMA. Oh, Marquardt. Wait, did I say Marquardt? I meant to say Maya. Yeah, well, my, Maya loses, he's gone. No. You don't, you don't think that they No, because I don't think that's their plan. I think that um, I understand that they maybe have a preference, but at the end of the day, you still have to give certain guys shots. I understand like their money fights like they did with Connor and everything, but um, Maya's putting together like, good performances. He's so, got performance of the night against Magni. Yeah, so I have a quick question, um, opinion piece. Um, someone getting a title shot after a loss, like Alexander Gustafson, and say, let's say 155. Rematch or, or just a loss to a contender? A lot. You No, you, loo- you lose a number one contender match, and then that contender fights for the belt. They lose, and then you get that shot. So Gustafson um, Rumble, like that one, where Gustafson ended up getting a title shot. And he lost a Rumble? Yeah. He had the title shot before that, though. Was it before that? Yeah, because he was on his way back up. He he got a title shot off of one loss. Frankie Edgar did. Frankie Edgar did against who? Uh, Gray Maynard. Oh, because you lost to Maynard and then he got the title shot? And Maynard got injured. Oh, and then so Maynard I mean, in that circumstance, I'm totally fine with it. I mean, not in the Frankie Edgar. I mean, it's like it's the number one contender and um, you have a close fight and then the other guy has to drop out. Like, okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, um, and that's what I mean. But I mean, like, in division... Right. No, no. Like, if, if you just lose and the other guy's healthy, no, you don't get a title shot. That's stupid. I was thinking about this today on, on my drive over and thinking about Gustafson, Rumble Johnson. And I guess, yeah, there would have to be an injury before that. But I think about even if it was a number one contender fight, say it's a Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo gets knocked out 15 seconds, champion's ready to go. Someone who just lost the number one contender fight, they can be ready to fight in four weeks, six weeks, why not give them a shot? They were the number one contender. They lost to the other, you know, they were a number two in that division. Why not give them a shot? Why not be like, cool, you had the next shot. You lost to this guy. She just lost. You're up. There are a lot of factors into it. How do they lose? Um, if it's a knockout, decision. clearly not four weeks. Yeah. Like decision, that's probably even worse. Like, they're still going through like a lot more war. Did they lose by submission? Yeah. No, but this is enough time for the, the guy who won to get a title shot. Mm, okay. And the guy that lost to Hill up. And so the, the guy that is now the title holder, he's still, he's ready to go. Yeah. Give him the next guy in line. Yep. Yeah. Off of one I mean, loss. I mean, it's that, or, I mean, again, it, it, it all depends if it's somebody like in the 170, if it's, do you give it to, uh, Johnny Hendricks, like say that Johnny Hendricks didn't fight Thompson and say that Johnny Hendricks just lost to Carlos Condit, but Carlos Condit's not ready to go. And Josh Thompson is up and coming and he's, he, or not Josh Thompson, excuse me, Stephen Thompson. And he's the up and comer. Um, like I wouldn't say give it to Hendricks cause he's ranked higher. I would say give it to the up and comer. I would say more times, even the lower ranked fighter coming up on wins is more compelling to me than the higher ranked fighter coming off a loss. I would say, typically speaking, there'd be a very rare circumstance that I would say, give it to the guy that's just lost. Which is, under, which is understandable. I just started to think about it. And I thought about like, in certain aspects, it kind of makes sense if the number one contender loses and, and is ready to go and they need, a, they need someone for that champion rather than having a four and a five or a five and a seven fight, just give them the, the one and two. Well, sometimes there's more, it's more interesting the 
unknown is more interesting than what's known. Than the guarantee. And we're yeah. not talking heavyweight where it's no, like. No, I know. I'm talking like, again, with like a Thompson versus yeah. like a Hendricks, like if, a, if or um, Rory McDonald just coming off a loss um, or Jake Ellenberger when he was on his way down, like him off of a loss, even though you know what he can do and what they bring to the table and you necessarily don't what Thompson is because they don't have that many fights or somebody like him. Yeah. It's more compelling to me, the up and coming guy. Well, you look at Dillashaw, um, like, and if they didn't give Dillashaw a chance, he would have never become the champion. Like, you do have to take that chance and let those kids compete. Otherwise, you get the top four people, like heavyweight, the top four people that compete for the belt no matter what, every single time. We go back to a decade ago in the, in the UFC when Anderson Silva was fighting Patrick Cote and Damian Maya, and they didn't know who else to feed him because mm-hmm. he'd already beat the entire division. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, so going back to the card, there was um, a, there was a, there's some brutal, brutal things on it. The dislocation of the jaw. Did you hear that? I didn't hear it. I was oh. watching it on silent, oh. uh, but I watched That's it. That's the way to watch that one. That was kind of, oh my gosh. That, so it, at the weigh-ins, getting into this fight, um, Alex Nicholson actually proposed to his girlfriend. Good thing he did it the day before. And that was the big joke on Twitter. Everyone was like, this dude is good thing he's proposing before just in case he loses this fight. And, talk. and he did. <laughs> and he says, the pop made me cringe a bit. At least it wasn't his fiance. Yeah. Wow. At least, yeah. At least he took the time to get engaged before he got his jaw broken because they're not going to be, they're not going to be kissing for a long time. And well, I think it was just dislocated. And he said that he tapped because he, he, from it what was he broken said, before. Yeah. He's broken it before and he doesn't want his wire. He doesn't want his jaw wired yep. again. And so he tapped because it wasn't, it was in the rear naked position, but it wasn't a rear naked choke. No, yeah, just, it was like a neck crank. Yep. And so it popped out of place. Um, Speaking of that, uh, Forrest Griffin talks about that. He's like, no one wants to get punched in the face. Like, no one wants to, to get knocked out because if you get knocked out, you're not eating solid food for the next two to three months. Yeah. He's like, and as great as those barn burners are where everyone just punches each other, I would much rather actually be able to eat solid foods then go in there in, in a slugfest and get knocked out or not get knocked out and have a broken jaw. And so it is one of those things, you know, I understand where they're coming from. I wouldn't, I've had a busted jaw before. I'm um, not where it got wired shut, but I've also been kicked in the face hard enough playing indoor soccer <laughs> that I felt like I broke my jaw. Um, and so I take that back. I have never actually broken my jaw. I don't know where that came, <laughs> where that came from. <laughs> I've had a dislocated jaw on two occasions. One was in a high school scrap for no reason where I got blindsided. And the second one was when I got kicked on the kicked in the face in a soccer game and I couldn't eat solid foods for about a, yeah. three or four days. No, I mean, I love smoothies, but yeah, not that much. The but, other thing that I was going to say, this is, and maybe I'm off base here, but I just looking at the guy, he, he's Russian, right? Surfing yeah. off. Um, and it's more of just the, the Russian invasion that's coming across, which is more than I think the Irish invasion that just because it's like hyped on Connor. I think the Russians is the breakthrough in Europe. The hard part about the Russians, though, the Russian fighters are either top notch or nothing. That earlier on the fight with uh, what other European country is going to make an impact? They're awful. Ireland. <laughs> the, the Europeans can't wrestle. But um, getting back in there, you've got Damien Grabowski, who uh, I believe also comes comes from a, a Russian background and I could be wrong, uh, but he got, he got crushed by Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis, who also has knocked out um, Rosholt. So, I mean, it was weird that he was on the prelims, but he, tell me about that fight. That's one that I missed. So um, <laughs> Damien tries to shoot on him. 
No, I mean the Rochelle fight. Oh yeah, no, we don't need to talk about that. That's that's not something that needs even. Roy was so pissed. Oh, and he should have been. Because he, he just ran the whole time. He just ran the whole time. I've never seen Roy Nelson try and chase someone down an entire fight before. I've never seen it. Usually, Roy Nelson just stands in front of a guy's fighting and gets punched for 15 minutes. He chased Rochelle the entire time. Rochelle didn't do anything, except that fight wasn't as boring as the Josh Berkman KJ Noons fight. That fight was terrible. I think KJ Noons threw a total of 15 punches the entire fight. Mm, that's my pick, too. And it was, I mean, poor Berkman, talking about weight, cutting weight. Berkman cut down. He looked like a freaking cancer patient, man. He's, he's bald with his crazy trans step. We love him to death because he's from here in Utah. But he went out there to actually fight. He looked awful. Not, his fighting looked fine. Physically, he looked sick, sickly extremely sickly he looked like he was he looked like uh christian bell in the, in the machinist <laughs> that joke's gonna happen a lot by yes. the way whenever i'm not cool the weight cut and so he uh he chased around kj noons the entire time uh kj noons threw like 15 punches That's stupid and kj noons everyone kept bringing up how kj noons beat nick diaz and they were like remember how kj noons beat nick diaz like what what happened i don't yeah that's weird which uh i mean these heavyweights are just going to keep solidifying my point, too, on top of that. Oh, my goodness. But the fact I've never seen a heavyweight run that much, ever. Um, two big undercard fights that need to be recognized. Uh, first and foremost, Ray Borg versus Justin Scroggins. Um, Scroggins looked good, really good, all around. Ray Borg took him down. He got up. He actually dominated. Um, the only reason we're bringing this up is uh, Ray Borg was top 10 in that division. Mm-hmm. Scroggins is a, a scrapper that was supposed to be coming up. He called for a title fight, but three-round decision, but he looked solid. Um, so uh, watch out for him. And then, of course, um, Noad Lahat and Diego Rivas. That he, knockout. That sound. I heard that one. That <laughs> one I had on full blast. And I, the, just the crack from Eddie, that line. how was line. the sound on that one? <laughs> oh, man. Did, did you catch the, the, the prelims oh on that gosh. one, Eddie? They, that uh, thing was beautiful. So the, the issue with this was is, yeah, perfectly landing. Yep, exactly. Well, and the thing was is he didn't see it. So Eddie says perfectly placed knee. Lahad didn't see it coming. The reason he didn't see it coming is because his takedowns were so dominant in the first round. In his mind, he was thinking, I just have to get this back to the ground. So he telegraphed his takedown 100%. It was completely obvious this dude was going was gonna to shoot. And Rivas read it. From Boom. step one, bam, he just... Need uh, Chilean? Yep, Chilean kid. Jose Aldo'd him, man, right in the face. So he was actually... Eso. Eso, He was actually on the uh, tough um, Latin America. And I don't know exactly how well he did it and actually watch it. Um, yeah, no, he was... Eddie's saying he was one-dimensional, how it was. And he was. He did dominate, though, on the ground. I mean, completely. Rivas is definitely going to have to fix his, his ground game because if he doesn't fix his ground game, it's definitely going to be exploited. But at least his timing's good. His striking looks great, but his timing to well, place that knee, the only knee I've seen that was that, that nice, there's two of them. Carlos Condit, Don Kim. Kim. Okay, so three. That one. Um, Jose Aldo, Cub Swanson. Oh, what about Chad Mendes? One? That one too. So four. <laughs> okay, Jose Aldo's got two of those, and then <laughs> they don't happen very often. When they happen there. You remember Sandman Irvin? What one? Sandman Irvin was a dude that was just chiseled, right, and he was all tatted up. And then he fought back on the Anderson Silva card, I believe, when he fought um, Damian Maya. Him and this gigantic black fighter come out, and they're both at 185, and he runs out first thing, and freaking Sandman just 
boom, knees him. First thing, drops him right off the bat. Fights over in the first 35 seconds. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. And these dudes were 185 pounds. I still think that, Maybe even 205. I think my favorite flying knee of all time is the Jose Aldo, Aldo one because it was a double flying knee. He hit Cub twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with the boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. That was ridiculous. Um, and let's, let's get into one more disappointing fight. Artem Lobov looked absolutely awful. He's got, they made fun of him for having T-Rex arms. He's like, <laughs> he's like 12 and 11, um, really bad fight, but they were saying that he should drop weight. A lot of people saying he shouldn't be in the UFC, but I mean, it is what it is. He rolls with Conor McGregor, um, Mickey Gall, Mike Jackson, two things about this. Mike Jackson probably shouldn't have been in the ring. However, <laughs> he performed probably just as well as we would probably better if, if me and mike jackson rolled he would crush me i can put that out there right now mm-hmm. this dude lost 35 seconds or uh, 45 seconds he went out and continued to do his his uh writing and promoting job he lost put on a nice suit coat and went out and was actually um writing about the fight he knew you know, and he was he was good about it. He understood that people were going to talk major crap on him, and and he he might look bad. He didn't care. He went out. He got a shot in the UFC, which is more than I'll ever get, which is more than most of these writers or these Twitter haters will ever get. And yeah, exactly. He did my, he's oh man, the, and most MMA media guys couldn't get down to the two sixty five to fight in the heavyweights. I mean, obviously you have Ben Folks and you have some of those other dudes that have actually fought and are now writing. But there's so many people that would never step foot in the UFC, Octagon, Bellator, even local fights. Mm-hmm. And yet, all they do is talk shit on people that actually go in and tell them that they shouldn't be in the UFC. And it's not, to me, it's not fair. Well, even I, the most impressive is that he went and did his other job after. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, because you could take the night off on that. You could not do that. Because, well, like, how many people are going to turn interviewer on you at that point? Like, oh, how about your fight? You want to talk about mine? It's like... I get it, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to do my job, which I didn't know that story. That's super interesting. Yeah, no. So Mickey Gall, the other thing that was super funny about that, Mickey Gall wins. <clears throat> I want, feed me, feed me CM Punk. Feed me CM Punk. CM Punk comes Hello? in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he looked they, like, that was the most amicable stare down ever. Yeah. Well, wow. and were, apparently CM Punk. CM Punk has like a history and promotion because that's all the WWE is. What the hell? I have two, I have two ideas on that. Number one is, Mickey Gall has enough respect, but he's trying to pitch the fight. And, uh, and the funny part was is CM Punk actually, actually asked him. Um, it was really loud last night. It'll go down. Yeah. <laughs> um, CM, um, so CM Punk, if you guys can hear the TV in the background, that's it's not. You can't hear it. Uh, it was just really loud from last night. Ah, uh, cool. Um, so the thing about this is, is CM Punk actually asked him, are you having fun? And Mickey Gall was like, yeah, man, he said, enjoy it. So a lot of people said psychologically that uh, a lot of people said psychologically CM Punk looked weak. I think what's happening is she understands that there's a, a really good chance and possibility that he loses this fight. And he's not going to promote it like a wrestler, because if he does that and he loses, people will jump all over him. If he doesn't say a word, he goes out there, he fights and he wins. Then he can start to promote his fights however he wants. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I, uh, I don't know. I'm just so not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not so against this, him fighting in the UFC. I'm not so against that like everybody else is. Um, I'm just not interested in it at all. 
I I enjoy it. I think it's I think it's fun. Um, I think it's great for the sport. Um, gets into you know he's creating jobs like he said in his post. His, oh no, absolutely. And you know he just got two other people paid and and I I like that they see it like that. Whether people think he should be there or not, he's bringing eyes to the sport. And a lot of people converted over from the WCW, WWF days to start really watching UFC and MMA in general. So if you get more of those people, and those guys are diehards, those wrestling fans, they go to the events, they, they fly out to WrestleMania, they buy all the shirts and the merchandise, and they, those are the fans, as terrible well, as they, they are. They can't buy the UFC because it's all the same. Yeah, somebody else's name on it. It's not unique at all. But as much as those we talked about it, yeah, we talked about it last week. But as much as these people complain that uh, wrestling fans are some of the most diehard and dedicated you can get, Mm -hmm. and it's a good thing for the UFC if they get some of those uh, those more of those WWE fans over, it'll be good for them for sure. And so, like I said, I'm I'm fine with it as far, but I'm just not interested in the. Speaking about feeding, what about it? Do you see Conor McGregor? Uh, the Lord's speech. speech. I didn't actually part of the transcript. Uh, I watched the speech. One of the best things I saw on Twitter afterwards was the uh, Power Rangers, the the blue guy, Zord. Yeah, yeah, Zord, Zordon, Zordon. People. Put him in the Zordon beam. That's so. Hotline bling. Was rumbling, but times where he just seemed like he's completely coked out, where he just seems kind of crazy. I think he was driving, and in this particular situation, I believe he was driving, and he was trying to be clever and smart and talk crap at the same time that he was driving his car, which takes a lot of effort. But there's two things that he, well, there's one really important thing that I liked that he said is that, that he's feeding fighters and he's out there, he's training so he can feed those fighters. And I think one of the conversations I always have with my brother, Sean, is that he's going to be one of the fighters that helps unionize the rest of the fighters. And they're going to get a fighter's union because he'll be big enough to do whatever he wants and get Does fighters. Want a union? And he, want, he wants to get paid as much as humanly possible. And that's really what he's going for is getting paid as much as humanly possible. And a union is going to help. If he makes a million dollars, the UFC themselves are making two to three million dollars. If he makes seven million dollars, they're making more than that. The UFC made six hundred million last year, and the fighters are making pennies. Yeah, compared to that. And going off of that, I listened to an interview with Rumble on MMA Roasted. Um, not my not my favorite podcast, but they do a good job. He talked about they, they brought up a union, and he said, "I think every fighter thinks about unionizing." It's just it's just getting everyone together to actually do it. Well, and you you don't want to make enemies with the Fertitta brothers and Dana, and you don't want to be that guy if you don't have the right clout to go up against them and make them mad. Yes, I mean, but uh, I at this point I think they have to unionize. I mean, I know that Dana says that that's not what they want to do, obviously, um, and that they would really need to look at it. But I mean, did you see what happened with Bellator? But did you see the Bellator payout? That was awful. I did actually see the Bellator. That's terrible. I mean, I, they're maybe getting more in sponsorships, not the lower part, not the lower guys, man. No, because they're not on TV, but they are getting, I mean, that's, sponsorships mean a lot. 
And I think a lot of people forget that. I mean, how much Jordan, Gee, Jordan get paid for his, like on a local? I, on, a, on a local card, and I don't know if this is correct, and I, I need him to actually confirm this. So my – we'll get into two things. We'll get into the Bellator card after this because my, my cousin actually fought Kashchev. Kash, yeah. And um, that's who that's who Henderson, Bendo, will be fighting. But two things. On the local cards, he can make up to five thousand dollars just to show up if he was the main. He was the main card. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is high. That's on the high end. Plus, he would make sponsorship money. I never talked to him about the sponsorship money. No, I mean it's none of our business. No, I, but yeah, more, but it was like more anecdotal. Like it just, I, I was more. I, I feel like they're not making as much as because that's the big thing right now. And I'm on board. People are making more money in Bellator. Yes. But you have to be on television. I would like to. I would like to talk to him now. Now that he's out of fighting, um, about how much he made on Bellator fighting Koshchev because they they wanted local guys. They fed him to Koshchev. Um, they talked about Koshchev being a terribly dirty fighter, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. Um, but I would like to see. I'm guessing because they could get. I'm guessing he probably got paid two thousand twenty five hundred. To, to show up. But the hard part is, is you have 10 per, 10% for management. Usually the, the gym's going to keep a percentage because you're not paying to go in and train. Um, you have to buy all of the, the gear and stuff to go in unless it's provided to you. Um, and then, yeah, you might get some local sponsors that are going to give you two to $3,000. So as a local fighter going in on a local show, if you make $5,000, well, he was headlining too. They might've paid him. Well, not on the Bellator one, but the, he- the local, they pay him more because like, it's your local guy. You have yeah. To pay him yeah. You're headlining, but I'm just wondering on those Bellator cards. And like I said, I, I wouldn't necessarily be like, "Hey, Jordan, how did you get paid, man?" But you gotta like, think this was <laughs> this was almost a decade ago. Now think about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite a decade. I, it's seven years ago, maybe when this all happened. So you got to think how the much Bellator they were paid. Wasn't though. That was that was Ryan Chelsea and I have been married. So it was four years ago. Five yeah, years I was gonna say because that was Emmanuel Newton knocking out King yeah. Joe. Yeah. It was. Um, but that's still four years. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long and time. so lots, ha- lots changed. And the fact is, is I, they paid me, I guarantee you, they paid, that was before Viacom or right at the Viacom buy. I think I was right at it. Yeah. And so these were the satellite tournaments that were happening. Yeah. So. so that, I mean, that's when they actually started to actually get paid. So before that, they probably didn't, he probably made $2,500 to mm-hmm. go fight. <sighs> I don't know. Um, but uh, so more about that card though. Sorry. No, that, no, that's it. Track, um, just two quick things. OSP. Defeated uh, Fei Zhao. Fei Zhao, a lot of people saying after USADA, he looked soft. He did, he did look like he could drop a weight. Um, Joe Benavidez, Zach Mikowski. I watched this on silent without looking at Twitter a whole lot. Twitter blew up. Did Joe Benavidez look good and had won that fight? Mm-hmm. Um, if it would have been a split decision for Benavidez, I would have been all right with it. I agree that Zach did a lot better than everyone was giving him credit for. I think he's a solid fighter for sure. Um, and Benavidez obviously is as good as he is. Um, he didn't have to wrestle, do anything like that, but I think he definitely could have done better. Mm-hmm. Um, looked more crisp. He doesn't look like he's going to get a fight at DJ and, and do anything, you know, better than he did the last two times. Oh, I'm excited about the next DJ fight. Oh, uh, with that. Yeah. How is his last name pronounced? Sahedo? Sahudo? Sahudo. Sahudo. He's Mexican. Well, he's American, but his parents are Yeah, it's pronounced in a Hispanic. Sahudo. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know he's he's a big wrestling gold medalist. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He won. I think he won NCAA. He won a yeah gold medalist. Um, he he's run through everybody so far. Well, he had a split with uh, Formiga. He had a split decision. So 
he didn't run through Formiga, but Formiga. Shit, I didn't see that fight. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, yes, um, I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm hoping that he gives Demetrius. I, I want to see him wrestle Demetrius. Essentially, like I would like to see them go to the ground. Yeah. No. And I mean. DJ's got good wrestling, but definitely not that high no, quality no. of wrestling. But he's a striker, though. He chases a lot, too, though. He chases. He comes in hard. He's, like, against uh, Cardiasso, he was throwing hard head kicks and throwing, like, combos after it. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how that matches up because he's he's on he's a ground guy, but he, he definitely strikes. He definitely strikes. So uh, let's talk two quick things then. Um, well, no, let's talk the, the, the fight announcements before we get into – the next couple cards. Oh, so, I'm so excited for Khabib versus Ferguson. All right, so you want to start that? Let's start with that one. We'll go to the championship. I don't after. think Ferguson. I don't think Ferguson has a chance. Oh my gosh, I do. Um, I also don't like Ferguson. I know you don't. I don't know why. I love um, him so much. Listen to one of his interviews. I don't care. Listen to him talk smack on Sage Northcutt on Twitter. Like the dude's a dick. I don't care. Like he's an amazing fighter. He was he was a jerk to Ramsey when they beat him in the Ultimate Fighter, and Ramsey's our boy here from Utah. Like, what was he a jerk? What did he say? He just is. He's just a jerk, man. What do you think? His trash talk is actual, like, legitimate hate. Not like, I'm doing this to pump a fight. He's just legitimately a jerk. And I don't remember what he said. I just remember pre-fight. Remember the last fight. fight that we watched, though? And he was nothing but a sweetheart in his interview. And then I don't know what happens after. I gained a little bit of respect. And then I listened to the Ariel Hawani interview. And I was like, this guy, man. And then I watched his Twitter rant about Sage Northcott losing. And I was like, why in the, what is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. I don't, I don't, I, li- I like him as a fighter. I think he's a great fighter. His personality runs me the wrong way. And I, I, every interview that I've heard, and maybe we're listening to two different sides of it. Cause I, I don't really remember any, anything of him being like super rude or anything like that. I'm, I am really excited to see that fight though. Go back two weeks ago to the MMA hour or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, three weeks ago, and listen to his interview with Ariel Hawani. Um, interestingly enough, he also is managed by Paradigm. There's like PR company. Mm-hmm. There are, he's also along with Conor McGregor. So it's interesting that I think he might be trying to to goad it a little bit more. But well, the funny thing is, is he hasn't gone after Conor at all, right? Oh, no, and he won't. He goes after everybody. I'm, I would be surprised if he eventually doesn't. If he, if he, if he beats Khabib, I think he does. I think he wants to fight with McGregor. Um, whether RDA wins or not. you got to make some noise in that division too, though. I don't understand the Sage Northcutt thing, but you have to, in that division, you do have to make some noise if you eventually want to get a title shot. Yeah. And you also, but you have to, the other thing with that division is it's twofold. You've got to make noise, but you also have to put performances behind it. The division's too good. And you probably shouldn't get in a fight outside of the ring like Khabib and the freaking Diaz brothers. Do it! Oh, man. that I like it. I hate it, but I like it. I like that they're passionate enough to get in fights outside of the ring, but I also think it's really dumb that they're dumb enough to actually get in fights outside of the ring. I don't – the Diaz brothers, man, I love them to death, but I hate them to death. The fact that they got in a fight on Strike Force, yes. yeah, on CBS, <laughs> and they're kicking freaking Mayhem Miller when he's down, he deserved it. It's nuts. I didn't deserve it. No one deserves to get kicked when they're down by a, a pack of Diaz's. But um, but the fact is, is, is Mayhem Miller was kind of a – is – crazy and then of course they got in a fight apparently i mean it's not as bad as like the boxing brawls where someone gets shot or like chairs get thrown and people get sued yet but the diaz brother i mean they've definitely got twitter they've got videos and stuff that that show that kind of stuff so it's it's definitely interesting um so what are some of the other ones that they made made, uh, who wins 
Oh, who wins Tony Ferguson Khabib? I actually haven't seen Khabib, Khabib a lot. Khabib, I don't know. Never been that off, right? Yeah, never um, been off. Great pronunciation, by the way. Yeah, Ash Travis. Yeah, I actually didn't. I think I did once, but I don't remember if he correct. He wouldn't correct me. He's too nice, anyways. Um, but no, yeah. Uh, I, I I know. I looking at his his history. He's just got win after win after win after win. The last person yeah. to beat RDA. Um, yeah, that's that's the big one that stands out. I think he's next champ. I don't. I don't believe in Europe at all. <laughs> I just don't. He's dominated everybody. I know. I did, but I just, I just, can't, I. There's something in me. It's just like a block. It's like the biz being blocked is a Dan Hardy block. Like I just, I'm not buying into it. The Conor McGregor, it's it's starting to erode at that, but it's 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 gonna stop when he loses to RDA. I actually don't know if he's gonna. I'm really, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to do that. Uh, that I don't, preview. Oh man, people talking trash and saying Conor's gonna lose are crazy. He's apparently bigger than him. Huge. Yeah, apparently looks huge. He is bigger than him, yeah, man. He looks we'll like they took one. a picture with him and Gunnar Nelson, and him and Gunnar Nelson looked like they were pretty close to the table. Well, with that whole um, talking head interview thing that he did at the MMA Awards, I was wondering if um, if uh, he was trying to now tell that he's going to go up to fight at heavyweight since he's going to fight at every other weight. <laughs> he's all the way so, to 170. I was wondering if he skipped 185 and light heavyweight and just going right for the heavyweights. Anyways. Um, I would bring in a payday for those fighters. Yeah. Um, I'll take, I'll take, I'm going to go Ferguson. <sighs> and I'll take Khabib, which is awesome. Um, other fights announced, Hua versus um, Rashard. Rashard Evans. Rashad? Rashad, sorry. Okay. I, I almost okay. said Rashad Jackson. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not the... Shogun Hua versus Rashad Evans. Both coming off losses, right? Uh, neither of them have looked good as of late. Um, I mean, apart from names, I'm not super excited about this. I think that I think that Rashad turns it around and, and gets back in the win column again. I think the last fight was ring rust. I think he comes back, in my opinion. Is there any anything – does it mean anything to the 205 division? No. Winner, winner, get anything? No. Um, I think who, it who wins? Rashad. Rashad, I can agree with that. All right, Tisha Torres, um, Nami Yunus. Mm, Tisha Torres won last time. I'm go with Rose. Rose's looks pretty good. She lost the hair. She got Pat Barry in her corner. <laughs> she looked good when she beat up on uh, Paige Van Zandt. I really like Tisha Torres. Crushed her. Take on that in the last fight that they in had. In the last fight that they had, I'm take Rose. I would take Rose too. I'd like to see. I like Tisha Torres. She seems like a sweetheart. I don't know much about her. She oh, seems really, really nice. I, you know what? I just hope. I just hope that they bring more attention to the the women's MMA fights. I think the women's MMA is definitely stepping up. I oh think, yeah. I think that uh, we talked about Misha Tate week, versus Holly Holmes is going to be a better fight than Holmes versus Rousey. But I, I guess we'll definitely see. Well, I, and like I was saying, like the women, I'm more. And I don't mean to always talk crap on the heavyweights, but just to show how much I just don't like them, except for the, the top, obviously. But the women fights, and again, I, it comes off as sexist, and I, I apologize about that, but are more compelling than the heavyweights. Like, I'm more interested in those. And that's, I don't mean it to be a slight. I mean it to say, like, how much, how much I think they're doing for the UFC right now. They could headline cards and pay-per-views and pull more money in than the heavyweights. And when the, traditionally, heavyweights for boxing, for MMA, I mean, the biggest draws in both of those sports have been heavyweights, right? Except mm-hmm. for Manny Pacquiao and, and uh, um, Money Mayweather. But other than that, I mean, the history 
it's always the heavyweights pulling in the money. Yep. Uh, and so again, not a slight to women, but I'm way more interested in their storylines and what they're doing than what the heavyweights are doing right now. So what about, okay, so the next one that I forgot about that I'm not necessarily concerned about, um, Leona Machida, Dan Henderson. Uh, I like it. Why? I don't know. Just, I mean, I like both of them as fighters. Does it do anything um, for the 205 division? No. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a tournament. Mm-hmm. Hua, um, Evans, Machida, Henderson. It's fanfare at this point. It's essentially which we'll, it's a smaller degree what we're watching at Bellator next week. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I'm more excited about that because they're still actually, I think, I think uh, of all of them, Machida probably has the biggest chance of starting to make another run. Um, he just doesn't really take damage and he's still. Why did he, why did he fall off? Machida? Did the competition just get that much better that quickly? The wide men's rock holds. Um, um, I mean, who's he, I mean, he only lost to. He's only lost to the best, but it, well, he's but only. But remember how they used to call it the Machida era and he was going to crush everybody for a long period of time and then it ended and it was done. Mm. He lost to Hua the second time and since then he, he hasn't really been as dominant ever again. Um, I think, I don't know. Um, the problem with him is he doesn't put a, his his output's not high enough to like take decision wins. He has to be knocking people out. He, he lost the Rampage. Did he? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. By decision. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He doesn't put it yeah, yeah. If he doesn't knock him out, it, 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 there's a good chance of it going to decision. But I think he puts Dan Henderson to sleep, and I think Dan Henderson's pretty much done. I think Dan Henderson, I love Dan Henderson to death. He reminds me of one of my good buddies, um, the Wilsons. Looks like they come from the same family. Um, but he, uh, he definitely needs to retire. Dude still looks better than me. I mean, at 50 years old, he's still in better shape than I'll be in my entire life. But, mm-hmm. um, but his fighting career, the hard part is, is at 205, 205 is a rough division, man. There's not a ton of people that are that really are drawing anybody in. And so it's really, really hard to, to get that there and, and make sure that they have new fighters. And that's what someone talked about with the, the Misha Sirkinov and, you know, the fight on the last card yesterday with the jaw issue, people want new 205ers. They need people in that division, you know, mm-hmm. and Nicholson didn't look too good. Um, Sirkinov looked, looked good enough, but they're not going to, not good enough to compete with the top 10. Mm-hmm. Not yet, but 205 is definitely getting more and more shallow as people get older. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely rough. What else we got on the docket over there? Um, One of the, uh, the MMA awards, I, I shout out to Holly. Um, I, I kind of felt bad for Joanna because I mean, she, if it wasn't for that last fight that Holly had, Joanna's a clear, the clear pick for, I think, newcomer and uh, probably woman fighter of the year. She took more fights than Rhonda and she was super dominant. And she actually might not have won just because of Rhonda's name, but I think that she would have, she kind of deserved it. Um, I think Joanna is going to be champion for a while. Um, and so that was, I was just wondering your thoughts on that and just the other awards. I think the MMA awards are a fake award show, mm-hmm. as all of these are, but um, I didn't watch them. Well, obviously they weren't live. I watched a little bit on Twitter. Um, it seemed like there was a whole bunch of MMA writers stroking their own egos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting to see them taking pictures of people and to see just how nerdy the MMA writers are as compared to the fighters. And yet how much better they think that they are. We had this conversation by text. 
how much better they think they are than the fans because they're writers. Um, but really how a lot of, there's, there's very few MMA writers that get any respect from the actual fighters. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, definitely a tier system. The, the writers think that they're better than the, the casual fan or even the, the hardcore fan. And then you have the fighters who think that the MMA writers are junk to a point. I mean, it's like watching Joe Rogan with, who trains all the time with actual fighters and then being like, Joe Rogan doesn't know what he's talking about. And Joe Rogan, for me, knows way more than I know. Mm. But but watching with actual fighters and then being like, Joe Rogan doesn't know what he's talking about. And so I think MMA writers, I think they need to get off of their high horses. I just, I mean, part of the, the text conversation was that they only go to their fans when they want to insult them or when they want to, when they need something. That's kind of what their fans go to them for. When they want it's to like, prove their dominance. Well, but it's the same thing, like the, the fans, like, it's just, I mean, that's oh, the times are the worst. That's, but that's the thing. It's just the relationship. Like, I don't, maybe I, I wouldn't recommend it for my own career, but I don't hold it against anybody for, I mean, going in just to be petty and say something out of the fan, that is stupid. But as far as only when they need something from them, like that's what social media is for. You use it. It's very seldomly used just to communicate. It's usually like, oh, I want to get recognized. So I'm going to send LeBron a tweet or I'm going to send Connor a tweet. Like, it's just stupid stuff like that. So I, I'm not too worried about that that in that aspect of the but they're not i mean they're not wrecking i i mean actual like intelligent questions that are asked like hey you just tweeted this out i have a response not a hey you suck or hey i read your last article and i don't like you i mean the legitimate like cool you think that you just tweeted out that so-and-so is getting the next whatever it is like perfect example ariel hawani who i really really like one journalist of the year and every single person that told him congratulations, he sent them a, a thank you. Probably automated cut, cut and paste, thank you. He still did it. <laughs> he still did it. And that means the world to a lot of people because of who he is. I watched his interview with Katie Nolan, who I have huge crushes on right now. But I didn't, I didn't see that. She's on FS1. Um, she has garbage time. But uh, it was really interesting to see his backstory. He actually didn't get into MMA because he was an MMA fan. He got into it as an opportunity because he's like, ah, I can either dress myself up and look good and uh, go uh, and just because he was trying to go into like the other sports realms. Well, he just started working he, out for him. He interned at HBO Sports. Well, even before that, like he was at a number of different places. He's been to, um, I think, Spike, which he hated. He's been to HBO Sports. He's been at a ton of different places. And then one day he had just decided that uh, this MMA thing was going to be his, his bag and kind of went forward. But then he, to his credit, he became very educated on it. Um, he does better interviews than I think I've seen anybody. More meaningful interviews. They're not like inflammatory. Because but it's like he can ask whatever he wants, and the fighters know that they, he's not attacking them personally. Well, it's like think about like when have you ever seen something as just candid as like the John Jones interview where they just yeah. cannot walk. Yeah, I mean, no. they, they occasionally have like big shows like that where they'll they'll do a tell-all after the fact. But this was during. Um, that's the kind of respect we have. Like John Jones knows that he's not gonna, he's not gonna like mistreat him or anything like that. He's gonna ask him questions and he's gonna have to answer. But well, knowing knowing how to tactfully ask a fighter how they feel about a loss, knowing that they feel terrible about it, but being able to phrase it in a way of actually getting them to actually speak on not on the loss but their own emotional involvement in that loss is really difficult to do. And he stays he understands where he stands in the sport and he doesn't pick favorites. Like he, obviously you have to pick one winner to one 
winner, one loser, and there's only 50-50 in MMA. But you watch a lot of other people like me talking about Tony Ferguson. It's like, I just don't like that guy. And I think a lot of fighters listen to a lot of interviews and podcasts more than a lot of people think they do. And they know who talks shit on them and who doesn't and who treats them, even if they think they're going to lose, isn't a huge jerk about the entire situation. Those fighters know. And they, MMA writers say that they've been called out, you know, when they meet them, like, oh, yeah, you're nice to my face, but I've read your articles, you know, where you, <laughs> you point out the holes in my game. And coming in and being on a podcast, like, there's a different conversation that I'd have with you and I watching fights or, you know, watching an undercard and be like, these dudes suck. But the thing is, is we're not out there. We don't train. We don't do any of this. I we would do again. I think I'm going to start back. I think I'm going to quit. I think, we, I, I think if we'd start actually doing like taking a camera in and, and going in the gyms and, and doing some things, it's just so expensive. Well, if we go to my work, they have, can't, they have mirrors. So you don't even need the camera. I mean, we can, but no, no, I don't mean for us to film us doing it. I mean, like, oh. hey, we're at this, we're at Jeremy Horn's gym in downtown Salt Lake. Hey, Jeremy, here's this. Let's talk about your career. Now let's roll a little bit at your gym. Mm-hmm. Hey, Aldo, in one hit and, you know, whatever it is, and actually go in and, and do a, an actual gym feature. Um, that. Yeah, and eventually we'll need, eventually we'll get a website and, and do all of those things. Right now, I don't think that we need one, but we'll get mm-hmm. that. Um, it is what it is. But, yeah, no, that's, it's definitely something that I would, I would like to end up doing and, uh, we've got Jeremy Horn, Court McGee, Ramsey, Steven Seiler, who's fighting for the Titan FC belt. Um, we've got some fun people. And then getting in with the local fights and actually broadcasting live and different things like that. Gustavo would be dope. Fifth Degree Black Belt, Aldo. You know Aldo wants to. Oh, he, he, would, he would love it. Any publicity. <laughs> He'd get his little daughter, his chubby little daughter in there. I wonder oh, if she's, she's still chubby. We haven't seen her for two years. I know, man. It's been longer than that for me, I think. I think it's been three because I've almost lived here for well, in this situation for three years. Yeah. No, so yeah. Horrible. Um, the other one that I was just going to ask you about, the other title fights, uh, they finally got the John Jones. Oh, yeah. Um, announced yesterday. You want to know when they announced that? It was in the middle of two fights, wasn't it? Because they were so boring. It was the Berkman KJ News. <laughs> they basically they were like, all right, no one's watching. Let's give them something to talk about during oh, this fight. The other one thing, I'm sorry, I was going to ask you no, about, no. about the card. How was the, um, the Pike fight? Because they took pie fight, Pike. It took oh pie yeah, Mike, 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 Mike Pyle. Pyle, Mike Pyle. Oh, I mixed the two names, Pike and Sean Spencer. I, when I said Mike with it, I was like Mike Pike. That doesn't make sense. Uh, speaking of Meeks, he actually uh, Sean Spencer looked like he was going to win that fight for the first round. Uh, midway through the second round, he looked like he was losing steam, and Mike Pyle was uh, was doing his thing. I like Mike Pyle. I think him. I and, really like. He him. reminds me of uh, Mike Brown, mm-hmm. who's just a, a fighter. Um, he ended up spinning elbow. It looked like it missed, but it, it grazed the top of his head. Um, knocked him wobbly enough that he had to put one hand down. And then Mike Pyle's got a killer instinct. One of the things I really like about him, put him against the cage, got him in a Muay Thai clinch, and just started kneeing him. Boom, boom, boom. Well, maybe not even Muay Thai, a loose Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. And uh, finished it with knees. And it looked like Sean Spencer at the beginning had the, was going was gonna to win it by decision. And he came back and, and showed his heart. And like he said, he, what did he say? Nifty 50? Looky, looky, who's 50 or something like that? After, or look at, looky, looky, who's 40? Or, or some clever line afterwards. That um, was pretty funny. Once again, I watched it on silent. I actually like watching fights on silent because I can, I can get a really good read of things rather than listening to the announcers say who they think's winning. Yeah, but I've done that with like 
other sports to kind of just like in my so I'm not going off somebody else's opinion. I want to see like if I recognize the movements yep. or the, the the different intricacies, which I typically don't. <laughs> I, I turn it back on and go listen to it. I don't. Um, I mean, I I think we do to a point. I think things are so quick. Watching the Benavides fight, I was having more of other sports, but yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was in fast motion. The Benavides fight, it mm-hmm. was just so quick. I mean, I mean. That's the thing with the 125, 135ers. They are they move so fast. It's hard to catch what they do, and that's why I think it's weird when they're always like they're technically better than everybody else. Like when they talk about technique, I don't think they are. No, like they just move faster. Like it's just different. Like they don't. That's why pound for pound doesn't make any sense. It's like you you can't in MMA with a cage. You really can't keep a 135 or a 125 on the ground. Like that technique just doesn't exist. Like it does with other thermal belts. Well, and you have to center of balance and different mm-hmm. things that are so so different in that way where it's easier to pop in and out because you have less weight less fulcrum of your actual midsection to move forward and back like there's just a whole bunch of different things but um let's uh let's get talking about bellator again yeah Lieben getting signed to bellator what do you think about that chris like the it. crippler Lieben. this is the problem why because uh, i think he's turned it around like he he's been uh, off drugs, he's been clean, he's been sober. I don't think Bellator is the best avenue for him to go for that. So we'll see, though. We'll see how he's been doing. Um, but I mean, he doesn't have any regulation right now on him. Like he could be doing drugs if he wanted to. Um, but he I mean, yeah, he doesn't even have a drop of alcohol, or his parole officer puts him back in jail. I, there's an interview with him and uh, Chelsea, and I believe it was. So I mean, I've always liked him. He's yeah. had a, he's had a rough life. Um, yeah. He's always seemed like a really pleasant guy. He, would want to run into him in a back alley if I didn't know who he was because he, I mean, just a scary looking dude. He's just, I mean, do you not want to, do you not want to no. fight anymore? No, I think he's fighting because he needs money. He just got a divorce. His wife's taking all of his stuff. Um, he used all of his money on drugs and it is his job and good for him for going out and, and getting back in, in fighting shape. Like great for him. He's doing his job. I don't, I'm not totally sold on it. Um, I think Bellator is reaching, you know, when he had a lifetime contract with the UFC and they're like, nope, we'll, we'll, we'll cut you loose. You can go to Bellator if you want. Um, there's definitely a lot more going on. I mean, Dana White used to pay for his rehab. They, they've taken really good care of him. And for them to be like, you know what, we're cutting ties, mm-hmm. like we're done. There's a reason. But I mean, we don't know them. Like, no, I don't mean like he's, a, he's doing like something they, silly or like spousal abuse. I don't mean that. I mean, hey. Like they couldn't come to terms, but they still want him to get paid. It could be the same Tito Ortiz, um, Chuck Liddell, Forrest Griffin. Like, hey man, you're done. We're not going to pay you to come in here and die in the ring or get brain damage or like, you, like we like you enough to tell you that you need to be done, and we will not pay you to fight in our ring because you need to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I think it is. I think Dana, I think Dana White's a lot better with some fighters than others and I think he's a lot better than some people give him credit for um for being a human being when it comes to certain people with issues and I think Chris Lieben's one of those people that they've been there for for a long time Matt Mitrioni brought it up you know they took care of him step for step with his eye like they had someone there with him in the hospital like a UFC representative so there is a human side of the UFC a lot of people don't see because of the pay but I mean the, the UFC is not just Dana White and the Fertitas. There's a whole organization underneath them that's there for everything else. Mm-hmm. So I, I 
I'd rather see him never fight again. But if he needs money, let him do his thing. I mean, what else is he going to do for money, man? <laughs> like, he could probably sell the drugs he was buying originally. He's done with that. I, I made someone really mad on Twitter because he sent out memes that were just mean, just mean-spirited. It actually had Chris Lieben doing his crippler point, and it said, um, signed, with a be- the, signed with Bellator to feed my drug habit, which is funny, but at the same time, the dude really does have a drug habit, and why should somebody who think he'd send them all to MMA roast You just it? made the same joke. You just said that he was – that he could I didn't make a joke. Mine was more – oh, no, I did. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but – I, and I probably came like, from that, but he he got real mad because I went meh. And that's all I responded with was meh. Meh. And he was not happy. He got he actually dropped three three different f words. I think. F u u fing. You? Yep. To our to our Twitter account yeah. for just putting meh. Yep. And then I and then I met him again after that comment. After after he, he not only tried to insult me and, and use uh, this is genius. How can I dare you? Yeah. You know what I spent on this meme? I, I don't find a picture. I met yeah, him again. Program. Yeah. How dare you? And that's what I don't like about MMA fans. Um, the, the fact that there's a gigantic discussion, and then we had the discussion of whether Misha Tate had a boob job or not, or or attractive fighters getting bigger uh, paydays and different things like that. MMA fans need to move on past that and a lot of the women's women's fighting aspects of things. But, I mean, it's a men thing. I had a conversation with one of the guys on Twitter about how clean our, our podcast is. And uh, it's just really funny that it's just one of, it's just one of those things. Did you I, not like how clean it was? I mean, I will. No, no, it was fine. Wrong. But I mean, a lot of like the MMA roasting or I mean, they're they're pretty foul, and it's fine. I mean, it's fine. That's funny, but it's not something I could never. I could. I want to talk about the sport and the technique of the sport and and some of the the pop culture around the sport, but I don't want to talk about did Misha Tate get a boob job? Like, oh, okay, I think they're more like. F words and stuff like that. No, 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 I don't mean that. Yeah, no, I will eventually cuss. It's, it's not one of those things. My parents, my mom will probably be listening. I'm not a rap star making millions of dollars off of off of profanity. So, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I I didn't know that that was a thing that they were being, that they were discussing. Like, uh, I guess they want us to be TMZ or they want TMZ. I, I don't understand. Oh, no, no, no. no. That's, not, that's not something we were discussing. It was just funny. Because he was talking about how foul he was as a person and how unfoul that we were. And it wasn't a big deal. He just thought it was funny. <laughs> no, we're just on here. We're fake. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a pretty clean person. One of the things that, well, is you're also not as foul as a lot of these MMA fans. I mean, people in general can get pretty bad. And that's not my, it's not my style. I love it. I just, I mean, even the fighter and the kid sometimes, I'm like, all right, guys. Get, we don't need to talk about weird, the B to the D to the D to the B. I'm like, let's talk about it. <laughs> tell me about it, Brian Callen. Yeah. Tell, very hilarious. T- tell me about all of the, the girls you used to run through when you were uh, up and coming comedian. That's what I want to hear about. <laughs> that's that's why we tune in. That's what, I, that's what I'm in for. So t- tell me about this. If we happen to get to fighting, that'd be cool. But if not, whatever. Tell me about the fighter refusing the uh, the knockout. I haven't seen this yet. Oh, my God. I, I saw Chris it, Cyborg. but I didn't actually watch it. Chris Cyborg sent it out. Yeah. So 
he gets knocked out. The ref calls it off, pins him like up against the cage. And then he just like, no, no. And the ref even like gets into position to like raise his hand. And then just was like, the guy was like, no. And so the ref just like backs up. The other guy squares up and they just keep going. <laughs> just kept going. He's like, the best clip. I'm going to pull it up. Right he's like, now. give me my standing 10. We'll have to watch it after. We got, yeah, we got eight, or eight, eight to 10 minutes or so more. Um, so let's talk Bellator this this weekend's card. Not that I mean we're really that that focused on it. Melvin Goyard is uh, making his his Bellator debut against Melvin. Derek Campos. Um, I love it. Melvin, the 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 star that never was. Um, great fighter, great kid. Reminds me of Nico Stallworth, which is also a sad story. But um, I think he wins. I hope he gets back on track. I hope he does well. Um, Emmanuel Sanchez, Daniel Pineda, we're not going to get into it. I'm not super familiar with it. So let's get Emmanuel Newton versus Linton Vassell, um, two light heavyweight guys that have both challenged for the belt that were both in the, the competition. Um, Vassell lost his fight, I believe, to Phil Davis. Um, Emmanuel Newton got all the way up and lost his fight as well to Phil Davis. Who do you think wins it, Vassell or Newton? Um, We've seen Newton live. I like his fight style. Yeah, I was just going to say, I like I like Newton. Um, I got I got. I'll go for him. Just gonna, I, uh, spinning back this on King Mo was dope. That whole card, we saw a lot of knockouts that night. Yeah, no, that, that was, was a, awesome. that was a solid was card. A card. Um, the undercard was terrible. Lots of decisions, but then the top, the oh, top that card was Solon a lot of fighter versus uh, the heavyweight one where he just stood like this. When he was riding <laughs> a bike for the whole fight. Yeah, and he didn't move. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was, a, that was I think the. But he, I, I think it was fair. Too, he, I think one of them was a local. Well, he was. He was, and that was part of it. Is he came in late. Like he he hadn't been training for that fight, so I mean he I'm, I don't know who he is. He probably will never listen to this and won't even remember that we're t- actually talking about him. So yeah, I don't mean because he got hit. I just mean because he, I think every Samoan that listens to this podcast, which is probably <laughs> they're going to all think I'm talking about. Probably really mad at you. Hey, I'm oh, Samoan and train MMA. He must be talking about me. I was in a local Bellator card in Utah, <laughs> but no. Um, I was the name. I'm just going back on to, I, to answer the question at hand. Um, Kimbo Slice versus Data Five Thousand, the the king Kimbo. of the street, king of the street fight. Kimbo, I think Kimbo gets knocked out only because he's like fifty five now. Yeah, and Data's got that sledgehammer. And as far as I know, you they're gonna, they're gonna let him page. bring it in. Yeah, no, no, he shouldn't. He shouldn't do that. <laughs> he could, he could, he could go to jail. Yeah, just go back and watch that fight from Kimbo, the backyard one? brawl. Oh man, I, I I haven't watched those for about a decade. Where go back and watch them. And we should. Real great. We should go back to the data. The bare knuckle boxing fights too. I wouldn't watch bare knuckle boxing. Why? I don't know. They're just animated with one way of gloves. You wouldn't watch. Uh. Uh-uh. Why? I just don't. It seems. What? Seems. I don't know. Psychologically, no, no, no. it seems you're, more like a street fight. You're on the wrong side of this. It, I am. hundred percent. And I understand. I can feel you know that, that I'm incorrect. The gloves make it worse. Because you don't break your hand as quickly. Yeah. Why did, why did, well, one, it locks your wrist into place, so you can hit with a much larger surface. So if you, if you hit on these two knuckles, you're most likely going to break your yeah. wrist, where it locks into place. Um, two, you got more uh, dexterity with like doing holds and stuff like that. The ground game would be more compelling to me. Uh-huh. But then also, it just makes it so you don't break your knuckles in general. Like your hand, your knuckles, you can throw more. I think it's better for the sport if they did, if they didn't have the gloves. But you would there would be much more broken hands though. That's the other hard part. Oh, which would end fights more quickly. Yeah, I mean, think about Uriah Uriah Faber and how many times he's broken his hands in fights. It adapt. It adapt. I mean, yeah, no, they definitely would have to adapt. Cruise where they just get injured easy. 
year. They're obviously going to they're going to have risk, but that people would have to adapt. That's why I think it'd be better for the sport, like as far as concussion concerns and all that business. You know, I just I, I never thought about the actual technical aspects of of how locks your wrist. In. I never actually got, got into that. Where did you did you watch that? Where did you read that? I don't remember. I mean, I, it definitely wasn't uh, or originated in my head. Oh no, I know. But I don't remember exactly. Um, you knew too much to be just making it up. That's why I knew that you were <laughs> I have actually thought about this a lot, too, and because I've had to explain it to people at work that are just – I remember I was at a work um, lunch that we were doing for Christmas just about two months ago now, and uh, they were I would, they were asking each other, because you're supposed to get to know everybody, like, <laughs> what are you into? And I was like, oh, I'm really excited for the card, because somebody mentioned that they were married to an Irish guy. They're like, are you watching the card this weekend? Um, or coming up versus Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor. Why would you watch him? Blah, 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 blah. blah. And uh, then they got into talking also about football and the helmets and things like that. And so, I mean, there's a few things that I've thought of on my own, but I don't remember where that exact thought came from. Interesting. Um, or where, who, who told me about it. So Probably Joe Rogan something. So you got Kimbo, I got Data. And then we got Grace. We got Hoist. Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. We got Hoist. Hoist Gracie. Hoist going to win. You think? Is he wearing a gi? Is he going to come out in a gi? He'll come out in it. Remember when he fought, gonna wear it. Do you remember when he fought Matt Hughes? Hmm? He got crushed. A hundred percent annihilated by Matt Hughes. That was Matt Hughes was in his prime. Even no, he wasn't. Yeah. It was, was post Matt Hughes nah. prime. Nah. And I don't know why they did it. Ken Shamrock. <laughs> I like I said, I would like to turn this fight off after the Emmanuel Newton or this card off after the Emmanuel Newton battle. Because I don't care about Kimbo Slice and Data Five Thousand. They can fight on the street and film it and put it on YouTube. Um and I don't care about Ken Shamrock Close Gracie. I do for what they've done for the sport, the pioneers that they were, um, I don't because they need to be done. They just need to be done. Um, I don't think either of these guys need money. I think Hoist Gracie's probably pretty well off. Oh. Ken Shamrock might not be, um, but I don't. I don't like it. I don't like this fight. Uh, great. I think Ken Shamrock wins. We're all on the opposite of all of it again, which means that uh, you're going to be right about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, we agreed on uh, Emmanuel Newton. Yeah, well, we got that one. Yeah, that's just more because I saw him and I'm, I, I like him. He, he was he was nice. He had his gimmick, his little mosh pit mosh pit gimmick, which I love mosh pits. No, he's a hard he he listens to hardcore music. And I understand knows but the hardcore he's playing shows. it up as a gimmick, like that's yeah. the thing. He, he gets oh, because he's soft spoken and nice yeah. and yeah. No, I I I. I, I I know that he's actually into that stuff because that's what it, the music he came out to, but it's a gimmick. Right. Um, it's letting people know a part of yourself, which I'm all for. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do your thing. So two things. Um, Super Bowl pick. Uh, my last podcast that I just did that. Uh, Poor Sport Report. Poor Sport Report at Poor Sport Cast. Um, it, uh, I said that I think the Broncos are going to win, and but I want Carolina to win. I want Cam Newton to win. Yeah. I thought you wouldn't because I thought you just didn't like those kinds of people. Nope, I want. By those kinds of people, I mean hockey. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually part of the reason I want him to win because um, there's an ESPN article that my brother actually sent me that said that Cam Newton says people don't like him based on race. Um, I didn't believe it, even though I definitely believe that there's still a race issue here in the United States, which is a whole different conversation. Um, but then I watched Twitter where they pulled people that were talking smack on him that were all old white guys <laughs> and all of the people that were defending him, which were all young black women. 
Um, and it was a pretty good indication. We get both those dynamics off Twitter. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely think that both of those shouldn't be on Twitter. But the thing is, is and I thought that was very interesting because the conversation was that there isn't as much of a race issue as they would like to believe that there is. Um, but then you watch Ramsey Nijum saying that when he's in Sacramento, people call him by the N-word and he's Pakistani. Like, mm-hmm. it, people, it, it exists. Um, um, I was good. I want I, I want to Carolina Panthers. Really. If you can't watch Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie, I just can't imagine that you'd be okay with uh, Peyton Manning's bionic self walking out to to face a young kid. I'm also from Utah, and everything Denver is our antithesis. Yeah, I hate them. Well, if we don't have the sport, um, they do, and then they have everything that we have. Mm-hmm. But we usually win if we we've got better history. I was a, yeah, I was a Rockies fan as a kid. I was then. a Rocky. I was a Rocky at, in Little League, so it's like the only team I'm cool with. I was a cop in Little League. That and Denver University, the Pioneers. Kevin, Ke- or Kevin, Kevin. See, I, Kevin I was, I was watching the, the Negro Baseball League. Oh. The Clowns and the Buffaloes. And... No, Kellen played for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. DSU. Yeah, him and... Uh, yeah, and his older brother. Yeah. yeah, no, it is what it is. Um, And then predictions for Alistair Overeem. Do we hear back this week whether he stays with the UFC or he goes to... I'm going to Bellator, man. He's going to Bellator. Going to Bellator. You, you heard the rumor and the, and everything here first. If he goes, we were right. We're going to say, hey, we were right. You should listen to our podcast. If I was wrong, it's on me. And, if, and if we were wrong, then it was a rumor and we didn't know either way. Or if we're wrong, then it's, it's again, just me being wrong. Like I've pretty much been on every pick that I've done on this show. Hey, it's all right. No, it's fine. It's just that we're just setting a precedent going forward. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. It's like my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right about everything. My wife's great, but she's usually wrong. We're the I t- same person, so that's yeah, it. yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Carson is the male version of my wife. That's why we she's get the female people. version of me. I exist in person. Yeah, that's true. In your life and in real life, except we can prove where she comes from, and we can't prove where you came from. I have a mother. <laughs> there was a sperm donor somewhere. That's yeah. the only thing we can't prove. That's true. I, I hope that we get some kind of shot in at your dad every podcast. I hope we hear one day. <laughs> and by dad, you mean sperm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we mean sperm donor. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning into One Speed MMA. We got a, a, quite the crowd over there, um, as well as a lot of noise going on in the background. But uh, the, dog, think, the dog is standing on Paul's head. Rod, you get down. You got down. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though, guys. We you appreciate it. Remember, don't give 30%. Always go one speed. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.